Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter. Morning everyone and welcome to Naples again, another sunny day. Um, today I'll be talking to Laura McWilliams from the British Council in Paris. Today is the 9th of February, and so what happens on the 9th of February? Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jay Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So good morning again. As I mentioned, today is the 9th of February. And what's so special about the 9th of February? Well, I've obviously got a fantastic guest joining me in just a minute. Um, but if we're looking around the world, We'll actually see that today, for example, in India is International Chocolate Day. I wonder what happens there. Or in the United States is actually um, an, a joint uh, national day. It's it, uh, National Pizza Day and it's also Bagel and Locks Day. So there you go. Another, another little tidbit that I found on the internet was Read in the Basket Day. So if you are listening, let us know what you would prefer today to be. My guest today is very, very passionate about teacher development. She has an um, incredibly busy job managing um, an enormous centre in Paris, in France, and she looks after teenagers in particular. Um, and her 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 conversation or our conversation today will be about mentoring and I did get a little comment when I publicized um, my chat to Laura and the question was is mentoring just helping I strongly believe that it is more than that um, but I will invite Laura to speak Laura can you hear me I can hear you perfectly hello Hello, how are you? How's, how are things in, in Paris today? <laughs> it is a crisp and clear day, so it's, it's cold but bright, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the perfect kind of weather. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. As, for me, as long as it doesn't rain, <laughs> that's just, it's the rain that really, really drives me mad. Yeah. It can yeah, be as I cold as you in, like. <laughs> I grew up in Manchester. I'm very used to rain and... Uh, as soon as I could, I moved away to get rid <laughs> to get away from it. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Melbourne. It was and it was actually on a rain belt. So even though we did have you know, usually quite good weather, you would always carry an umbrella because you just never ever knew if it was going to rain or not. <laughs> anyway, getting back to um, getting back to us, um, Laura Jane. At the the question is mentoring just helping? You chose a really interesting title for our conversation today. And it is lifting as you climb, reflecting on the importance of mentorship. I know it's something that you're really, really passionate about. Could you just tell me why you chose the title? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually chose the title because I only came across this phrase quite recently. Um, now, there is another phrase that you, I think a lot of your listeners might be familiar with, which is, be nice to people on the way up because you never know who you'll meet on the way down. <laughs> and that's, you, do you know that one? No, but it's, um, it's yeah, quite poignant, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is, but I've, I've never liked it because it implies the only reason to be nice to people is what they can do for you. Mm. And, and it's a phrase I've heard a lot, but I've never liked. And then actually quite recently, I came across this phrase, lift as you climb. 
um, in the context of the American gymnast uh, Simone Biles, who um, you know a lot of a lot of people will have heard the recent well, semi-recent news stories about her yes. at the, the Olympics, etc., and the championships. Um, but it's a phrase she's been using because she's actually got um, one of the things that she does is she encourages young gymnasts who are following in her footsteps. And I, I just fell in love with the phrase because it's it's a phrase about supporting other people with nothing in it for you. It's about, you know, partnerships. It's about, it, for me, it's the essence of mentoring. It's um, bringing other people up with you and mm. giving other people opportunities. Um, that, that's, that's, you know, I think... I think a good mentor is never happier than when their mentee succeeds. Exactly. Yep. And probably the most satisfying thing of all. So is mentoring just helping? <laughs> well, I saw that comment on social media as well. And, and I had to think about it because mentoring is helping, but it, it's a Definitely. subset of helping, you know, and maybe as English language teachers, we do love a precise term. But I mean, you could call oranges fruit. You could call apples fruit, but they are different. And I think mentoring is a specific type of helping. And mm -hmm. one of the key criteria is that it is a sustained help over time. It's a, a relationship that carries on over time. It's not a one-off one thing. And I think that's one of the key things about it. Mm. Now, in your in your career and your journey you have been fortunate to have some incredible mentors do you want to just tell us a little bit about how you started um, teaching if you'd like <laughs> to go back that far or if you'd just like to talk about your ELT journey um, no that's fine I mean I come from a teaching family um, my mum, who is probably listening now because she does like to join into anything I do. Um, she, can, she can phone in and, and <laughs> or even well, send us a message, tell us which day yeah. she thinks. If you are their mum, join on in. Um, but no, mum was a primary school teacher um, and she was an incredibly dedicated, much-loved primary school teacher, um, which is great. And I kind of, you know, grew up with within that environment but of course that meant as a kid like every aunt and uncle and family friend would be like when you grow up are you going to be a teacher like your mum <laughs> and I would sit there and cross my arms and pull a face and go no <laughs> and so I, I resisted teaching for a long time um in actual fact I trained in stage management and technical theatre originally um, amazing and, yeah I love to bring the drama stuff across into my teaching I think it's uh, really powerful useful too <laughs> certainly so so yeah so I guess my first role model or mentor in teaching was probably mum but realistically in ELT um it's actually one of my CELTA tutors mm -hmm. uh, I did my CELTA in Milan and which was great I loved it yeah. I love Italy <laughs> and one of the tutors there was a guy called David Vallant and he was my first tutor and he was so strict and so demanding and he really pushed us all yep. um, because he's passionate about ELT and especially um, as it happens young learners and so he and I really just got on very well because I knew even then I wanted my career to be in young learners even though the CELTA is technically a qualification for teaching adults mm -hmm. and um, so we stayed in touch you know even post CELTA and David has he's literally been there for the whole of my career um, you're, you're very, very, I mean, you're very, very lucky to have him. He's extremely passionate about quality training and quality teaching. So you've got a good one there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he, he talks about professionalizing ELT mm -hmm. and, and I couldn't agree with him more on that. Um, and he's, he's been the one who every single time I've done something new in my career, it's been him that's given me the nudge. You know, he nudged me to do my first conference. Well, I mean, he nudged me to apply for my first job with the British Council um, for a start. You go, go back that far. From our conversations, that um, your first job was actually with a mentoring program. Do you want to just exactly. talk a bit more about that? Yep. So my first 
proper ELT job was with the British Council in Egypt, um, which was the first time I'd been to Egypt, first time I'd been outside Europe, and was a little bit scary. But they run a specific scheme for newly qualified teachers or people with less than two years' experience post-CELTA. Um, and it is a, well, when I did it, it was a full year-long program, uh, reduced teaching hours, and a really quite intensive program of uh, training sessions, uh, observations from mentors, uh, peer observations, uh, even a mini experimental practice like you, you, know, you do on your Delta later and mm. that kind of thing. And that was, I mean, it's such an amazing scheme. There's not many jobs where you're paid a, a full salary, but exactly. you get that much yeah. CPD. I think I, I think worked out I had 12 observations in a year. <laughs> um, I mean, that, that is brilliant. I mean, a lot of people just, they come off the CELTA and get thrown into a, a teaching centre or a school and um, they may not ever be observed. Um, the only training they may get is, you know, li the training is limited. So that just, that sounds extraordinary. Yeah, we were a big group. Um, I think, gosh, there were about 25 of us that year. And, uh, you know, we've all separated now. I think there's only one of us from that group of 25 still working for the British Council in Egypt. But mm -hmm. we're, we're now at British Councils globally. And we, we still, some of us still keep in touch. And um, people from other years have gone on to do, you know, amazing things, running countries, running regions even now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an accelerated development program and it was intense, but we were really blessed with the people that, you know, were mentoring us, that they were so generous in terms of sharing time and expertise to take us from literally post-CELTA to teachers with much more confidence and, you know, sort of able to offer our students more, which is the point. And it probably got you to your Delta a bit faster. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I did my Delta quicker than the usual, I would say. Um, I did a weird mix of Delta. I did two distance modules and one face-to-face -face in Athens, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, but I would never have got there if it hadn't been for that year in Egypt first mm. because it, it was so developmental. Um, and, you know, some of the, the people that I worked with uh, on that are, are doing really great things now as well. I mean, Hala, Hala Ahmed, you may have come across, she now has her own whole webinar series in across uh, for British Council Middle East North Africa uh, which is a teacher development webinar series it's fabulous Amazing. all kinds of things they're doing it's it was very inspirational very lucky and um, you know it's it's a program that's still going on so if there's any newly qualified teachers listening apply it's definitely worth it definitely it sounds um, it sounds extraordinary and from there uh, so I, from there, so that was in Egypt, in Cairo, in the main centre. From there, I moved to the north coast of Egypt to set up a brand new uh, British Council centre with um, a few other colleagues. And that was <laughs> quite stressful, um, but fun. And that's where I did my Delta, and I was there. And then I returned back mm -hmm. to Cairo um, as, a, as a manager. And the nice thing about coming back to Cairo was that I was then one of the mentors on the program that I'd been mentee on previously. And yeah, that was, that was special. So you, you were able to give, give back what you, a bit, bit of what you received. Yeah, it, it did lead to some sort of surreal experiences where I was scheduled to deliver a particular training session. And, you know, I'd open the folder to look at what was and I'd go, oh my God, I remember this. <laughs> and then I had this moment where like, I'm Sue or I'm Carol, those are two of the fabulous ladies who were very special to me on the course. And I was like, I'm not ready to be them yet. <laughs> a little bit of, you know, <laughs> what, what was it we called the other day? Imposter syndrome. Um, yes, yes, yes. But, but no, it, to, be, to feel that I could give back to a program I really do credit for a lot of my success, that was, that was a, a nice experience. What do you think are the, the characteristics of a good mentor? I think, I think it's, I don't 
no, we've, well, I mean, yes, there certainly are characteristics of good mentor. Um, and that has to be somebody who is committed professionally. I think it has to be somebody who's a good listener. Because actually, mm. you need to listen more than you talk. Um, I think it has to be somebody who is quite organised and quite patient. Um, but it's also about the relationship. I don't think anybody can mentor anybody. I do think a real mental mentor relationship goes deeper and is a little bit about chemistry. Yeah, and, and a lot about trust. Absolutely. Um, a mentee is a, has to bring their vulnerabilities to their mentor to ask for support, and that's not easy to do without that trust relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so then you were you, you moved from you moved back to Cairo, and then from Cairo, where did you go? From Cairo, I came here to France, and I've been here nearly five years now, so... Oh my goodness! <laughs> I know, yeah, and you manage quite a big, a big operation. Yeah, so the whole of the Young Learn Centre in front is massive, um, and then within that, I run the secondary EFL section. So we also have a bilingual section, um, but I, I manage the EFL, English as a foreign language, for eleven to seventeen-year-olds, which is a busy, <laughs> busy old, uh, busy old section. Um, we run, I think, nine different centres across Paris. So, wow! And how many students do you have? Um, in total, I think probably about one and a half thousand. Wow! That's just the second big job. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the numbers obviously fluctuate, but um, we have a school year course and we also run intensive holiday courses. So uh, between the two, it never stops. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, I'm, I've got a, a little bit of an echo. I don't, I don't know if you have the same on. Oh, I, have heads, I have a headset on, so do you want me to try okay, disconnecting right. and reconnecting? No, 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 no. no. Um, we, we might try that with the news. I've just, okay. it, it might just be my... my um, my uh my connection anyway moving on um because you do so many different things um i think initially we talked about eve which sounds like an incredible project one firstly could you for our listeners could you tell me what eve stands for (laughs) okay so eve stands for equal voices in elt and it's a, an organization that works to um, promote diversity within ELT, looking at things like plenary speakers at conferences, um, you know, that kind of thing, looking at diversity in terms of L1, L2 speaker, uh, you know, sort of parity in, in different types of diversity um they actually mm. have a little award system so they'll award conferences and events with the different levels of an eve award you can get like a platinum eve and things like that um which is wow. fabulous but the the project i'm working on them with is actually eve together with africa elta um and it's a mentoring scheme that the two are working on together where they have um, sort of women working throughout Africa were able to apply for mentorship through this program. And they're mentored, uh, they're partnered up with volunteers like me who have experience of conference presenting already. And Mm. we work together as they develop a presentation for the Africa Elta Conference. so, you know, the idea is it's, it's a very specific mentorship. You know, there's a goal. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is the second year of the program. Uh, and it's, oh, it's been such a, a great experience. I have to give a shout out to Fiona and Amira. That's the representative from Eve and the representative from Africa Elta who have done all the organization to, to get this happening because, you know, they're doing it on their own time and it's a lot of work. But it's been, I think, a rewarding experience in both directions, mentor and mentee. 
How do you actually collaborate? How do you work together? Um, I think it varies for each partnership because a lot of these ladies are living in sort of countries where internet is not amazing or not as reliable. So it's (laughs) the pure technicalities of it mean that an awful lot of it is happening over WhatsApp, for example, Um, you know, calls or messages. We have a Facebook group. Um, The final presentations are on Zoom, Mm. um, which is just about manageable. Um, Although some ladies are having to, to record their presentations in advance to do that because of the technology. Um, And it's, it's, there've been some organized sessions that Fiona or Amira have run. Uh, They did one on, you know, writing a proposal. They did one on creating slides. Um, But then each partnership works individually on whatever their mentee feels the, the need for support with. And how did the first year go? What was the feedback from the people that you mentored? So I didn't take part in the first year, but the presentations are online. So Uh if anybody wants to watch them, they're on YouTube um, and they are so worth watching. And there have been amazing success stories from that first year. Some of the mentees from the first year came to some of our meetings to report on their experience and give advice to the new cohort of mentees. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've even had a case where one of last year's mentors, she's just returned from visiting her mentee for the first time face-to-face in Africa. Because it's it's a friendship, it's a a sisterhood even, I think now, that (laughs) will go past the the duration of the official program. Um, I mean, I I would love to be able to go meet my mentee. She's she's called Oliver, Mm -hmm. and she's amazing. And her presentation is about a, a project she does called Girls Empowerment Clubs. So she's running, she's a headmistress in a, in a secondary school and she's running not just at her school but other schools in the district, these extracurricular clubs where they take girls and they look at not just life skills with cooking and, and cleaning and you know, creating detergent, but mm. also leadership skills, public speaking skills. And they also do a lot of work on um, empowering the girls to deal with menstruation and taking away the shame and taboos around that. And it's every time I hear her practice her presentation, I get emotional about the topic. <laughs> she's um, she, So she's... She, uh, you're both actually learning from each other. Yeah, uh, there's a question oh, oh, here from yeah. Harry. It's where is she based? She's in Tanzania. Um, so it's uh, you know it's a, a very different context than one I've I've been familiar with. Mm. Um, but it's great. Sometimes we've we've had enough connection that I've been able to see. She took me on a little video tour of her house the other day, and I've seen photos of her school. Um, so they get to do lessons outside under the trees and. You know, really, I'm learning about the culture, you know, through the kind of off-topic conversations we have, mm. but learning about the educational context, it makes me grateful for what I have, that's for sure, um, and just makes what she's doing even more amazing. Incredible. And so when would we expect to see her presentation? Well, if you want to, you can come and watch her her on Saturday. So that's... Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> what no, time? Um, it's on Saturday night. I'll, I'll see if I can post the link on uh, in the chat in a minute, maybe during the news when I can focus on that. Um, yeah, so we had the first five. There's a group of – it's ten mentees. And so the first five gave their presentations um, before the Africa Elta board last Saturday, and the remaining five, including Oliver, are doing theirs this Saturday night. I think um, it's 6 o'clock UK time. Um, and if people want to join us on Zoom, they're very welcome. Um, I've shared the link on my social media, and I'll, I'll do so again and try and see if I can put it on yours. Um, all of the speakers are, are brilliant uh, with their, their their range of topics. So um, that's incredible. Harry just said he did a tour at an Indian school this morning, and he said it really does hit home how lucky we are. Do you, do you do the same sharing of your working environment with Oliver? Um, we've, I've sent photographs. I haven't given her a, a video tour yet. Um, 
it's interesting because it makes me realize how lucky I am. But at the same time, you know, I'm at this, we're in these centers in the middle of Paris in this urban environment. I, I'm, I'm quite jealous of her outside space and the connection she and her learners have with the natural environment, which I'm mm. sure something is something Harry would appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> see, what he gets, see how he responds. But yes, um, I think everybody needs some some green space and some time outside. And I do kind of, I do wonder a lot about um, our learners, particularly post COVID, having spent so much time inside. I wonder what the the effects um, will be in the future. Um, yes, Harry says 100% <laughs> relatable. <laughs> okay. um, Laura, I'm going to just take a few minutes to go to the news and then I have a lot more questions for you. So I think I will um, go to the news now and then we can continue our conversation afterwards. So I'll see you in about six minutes. Perfect. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen great improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, the Scottish Liberal Democrats have lodged 25 questions to the Scottish Government about plans to tackle ventilation in schools. One question asks about the health and safety impacts of the plans to chop the bottom of classroom doors off. Willie Rennie, the Liberal Democrat education spokesperson said, this has been a torrid week for the Scottish Government. Its plans to improve ventilation in schools have been exposed as totally lacking in scale and detail. It is now two years since the virus arrived in Scotland. The lack of action on the part of the Scottish Government to drive ventilation improvements nationwide 
is leaving pupils and teachers shivering. The Scottish Government said it had provided councils with £10 million for ventilation and carbon dioxide monitoring, as well as the £5 million recently added. In England, teachers have warned that the release of advanced information on exam subjects for GCSEs and A-levels to mitigate the impact of the pandemic comes too late and may not be enough. Exam boards have said previously that they would release the advanced information now rather than earlier in the academic year so that pupils did not cover a narrow curriculum. Mary Bowsted, National Education Union Joint General Secretary said, there are grave concerns among teachers of exam groups that this will not be enough to fairly mitigate the disruption these students have experienced over two academic years. There is just one half term left until Easter, close to when exams begin, and little time to rush through any content. Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi said, that exams are the best and fairest form of assessment and that the information published will make sure students can do themselves justice. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, it's Safer Internet Week with the official day being on Tuesday the 8th of February. This year, the UK Safer Internet Centre is questioning whether gaming online is all fun and games. They ask young people to explore respect and relationships in online gaming. A lot of schools may be having drop down days and you may be expected to deliver an online safety lesson. This is great, but are you confident in your knowledge? There's nothing worse than having to teach a lesson out of your comfort zone, especially when you're discussing a topic where the learners may know more than the teacher. Saferinternet.org.uk, the brains behind Safer Internet Day, have come to the rescue with a series of films under the heading of Virtual Assemblies on their website. Starting with a story about in-app purchases getting out of hand for 3-7 to seven year olds, and then for 7-11 to 11 and 11-18s to 18s, having a discussion on online behaviour and respect. This resource is informative and will allow those of us that are less confident to play the film and facilitate a discussion. As always, if you're going to use an online resource, make sure you've watched it first to make sure it's appropriate for your pupils. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. And, and we're back. Um, I'm here with Laura McWilliams, for the, the, those of you who have just joined us. Um, Laura, thank you so much for posting that link. And I'll make sure that I can po I'll post it with um, when I publish the episode. Eve is one of many things that you do. Um, you work, obviously, <laughs> you look after a busy centre in Paris. You also work with um, the IATEFL Young Learners Teaching Seek and I see you are, you post <laughs> frequently, are you, you, do you, you volunteer with them, correct? I do and it, it's <laughs> funny because that's actually so connected to um, the title of this session because the reason I volunteer for them goes right back to the the mentor I was talking about earlier, David. Um, you know, the, my CELTA tutor pushed me to apply for my job at the British Council. So he also pushed me to do my first conference presentation. And then he started volunteering for the Young Learner and Teenagers SIG. Um, and then um, he actually is now the SIG coordinator. And mm -hmm. so he pushed me to join and start volunteering myself. So every kind of step of my career he's pushed me to take the, the next step so yes it's it's down, thanks to him that I'm now uh part of the the SIG committee uh and I I 
deal with, they called me the online community coordinator. So I, mm -hmm. I run the social media channels um, and also help organizing things like webinars. Um, I now seem to do a lot of the graphic design and make a lot of the flyers, <laughs> various <laughs> different things. But I enjoy, the, I enjoy the online community aspect the most, um, okay. connecting with this global community of teachers. Well, exactly, and, and people people now know you as the panda. Panda. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, they do. <laughs> I, I think. I, I think. I liked. I liked the, the, that you wrote, you wrote that you have connections all, all over the world, over the world now. now. But when we were talking, we were talking earlier, earlier, you referred to referred teaching, to teaching as, as a solo a profession. Solo profession. I think that's the danger of teaching is that it can become a solo profession. You know, when you are in the classroom, as a teacher, you are on your own. You know, you have to make all the decisions. You have to, you're in charge of the room. And of course, we want to involve learners in the decisions and, and give them autonomy. But ultimately, you are the responsible person. And it, that can be a lot of pressure and it can be quite lonely. And I think finding your tribe, you know, finding your teaching community is a really key way to survive in this profession, which has such a high rate of burnout otherwise. I totally agree there. I also think the community within the staff room, because a lot of us are all living in foreign countries, and that support is essential, really. Yeah, I think every school should be, you know, looking to find ways to embed internal mentoring programs, internal buddy systems. Um, you know, it, it's not easy, but I think it, the benefits are massive when you can do something like that. Mm. I'm just getting that, getting that feedback. <laughs> I can hear. I, I agree, Harry. I'm going to have to let Laura talk. <laughs> Hello. I'm. I'm here. Does Hello? it help if I mute? Oh no, no, I don't think so. Um, now I've lost my train of thought. In your in your centre with your teachers, what kind of system do you have in place there? Well, we have a, a really particular set of challenges because while we are one British Council parish, as I said, we we operate across so many different centres. Um, so we have a lot of teachers who never see each other. Um, and ironically, I think the lockdown helped us because it forced us to find better ways to communicate online. Um, and it forced us to set up, I mean, we use Teams, that's our, you know, our internal platform of choice now, but it forced us to find ways to use Teams in a clever way to, to facilitate material sharing, to facilitate conversations about particular levels, particular classes, particular topics. Um, and that's, that's something I think has, has been an unlikely and unexpected benefit of the pandemic. I think we've, we've made strides in that now. People you know, are able to ask for help or you know, they can post something and get a response, they can share an idea and I think what we're seeing is, is people building off each other's ideas. You know, one person mm. posts, oh, I've just made this game, and somebody else then posts, that's brilliant, and what we could do next is this, and then you end up with something that's bigger than the sum of its constituent parts. It's incredible. And I think, yes, certainly working online has meant, even though we're always apart, it's actually in a lot of, in a lot of areas, particularly in ELT, it, it's actually made us closer and um, yeah, there's more. There's more, certainly more support from from others, and also so much to learn. If we don't, if we don't share that learning, <laughs> we're not. We, we've we've had to go through such a steep learning curve um, to share, and also have just to have someone to bounce ideas off. I think is really important. Even just getting around a Google Doc, I'm so I'm so appreciative of of my colleagues who have perhaps been had been doing it for a little bit longer than me, they were there to help me through it. Um, 
I definitely felt during the first few, well, first couple of months, I think, of the pandemic, that I was 30 seconds ahead of the teachers I was trying to support. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it was like that, I think. And also we had to move so so quickly and and things were so different. Oh, apart from that, you do, you, we, we, I, I've pulled you back into work, but I actually want to talk about the other things um, that you do. You, you work, um, you mentor, you, you volunteer for um, Ayatafum, young learners and teenagers seek and you also you're also studying I believe <laughs> yes um I mean I I have to admit I'm one of these people and that I, I don't like having nothing to do so, <laughs> um, I've noticed and, <laughs> and so yeah I, any given Um, Laura, I think you've you've muted. I'm not sure how. Laura. Great Minds in Language Education course, and we're looking at a book on 21st century skills that was published, I think, last year, edited by Sophia uh, Mavridi and Daniel Ger- Sherry. I can't pronounce his surname very well. Um, with chapters from all kinds of fantastic people on on different potential 21st century skills um, and how they, they you know they could work in a classroom mm-hmm. and it's it's brilliant I'm really enjoying kind of the the ideas and the input there's a, a very lively forum where people are sharing links to materials um, and you know articles they've read etc it's a lot of food for thought. <laughs> Could you just, you were muted for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Could you just mention the material that you're working with again? Yeah, it's a book and it's, um, I think the, actual, the, thing, the full title is English for 21st Century Skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's edited by Sophia Mavridi and Daniel, I can't pronounce his surname very well, Daniel Zeri or Sherry, mm-hmm. um, who is... Uh, they're both obviously really very well known in sort of the teacher training sphere Um, but the book has chapters from all kinds of people um, on different aspects or different types of 21st century skills creativity leadership um, you know even sort of music comes in there under the creativity banner there's a lot of really interesting material Um, I'd recommend the book to anyone for sure (laughs) definitely it sounds amazing Really, <laughs> um, so that with all the things that you also um, deliver quite a lot of webinars for the British Council. Yeah, I've done a, I've done a couple. I have another one coming up um, on hopefully going to be a nice practical one on mm. fast finishers uh, and what to do with fast finishers. Which you know we we do know that child who's finished teacher kind of the bane <laughs> of most of our lives. You know, um, I've actually got one. I've got one that has actually done he, he because he's got the book he does all he does about 10 pages ahead oh uh, no and <laughs> it's like could you not do that so I, I've actually started thinking up other things to give him and and but it, 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 it's a real negotiation he's, he's completely bored he's completely in the wrong level but I can't move him because it's a it's a state school system mm. <laughs> but he, he just he does all the work. <laughs> He's That's... got an, an American babysitter and does the work with her. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly the type of, of situation I want to talk about in this webinar. Um, it hasn't been advertised yet, um, but uh, I'll poke Paul and ask him to when we can start sharing the the date and time, etc. Paul, who of course was your guest last week. So. That's right. Yes, I will. I will look forward to that, Laura. So, in all of the things that you do. What is the thing that really drives you, that keeps you ticking? The relationships with people. Mm-hmm. It, it, relationships with the students, relationships with the teachers that I work with, 
um, relationships with the people I've met online through everything that I do. I think when you see somebody understand something, when you see somebody succeed at something and you feel you've had a hand in that, there's no better feeling. True. Very true. That's, um, that's just lovely. And so where do you see yourself in, in five years' time? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I, um, it's hard because, you know, I'm on this sort of career path at the British Council and the next few steps take me further away from the classroom or from working very closely with teachers more into management. And I don't think that's the way I want to go. Um, so I think probably it's more likely that I'll be going more towards the, the teacher training or maybe even materials creation. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know wherever the wind takes me. <laughs> very lucky to to um to be able to do that i do i do envy you um that's that sounds like a great plan though just um to go with the wind um thinking think about so it's just gonna say if the last two years have taught us anything it's that trying to plan too far in advance doesn't work definitely <laughs> It does not work. Um, all the plans that I had have um, have pretty much gone out the window. Thinking about resources as a person, but they could also be, um, you know, practical, physical knowledge resources. Um, what are the things that have really helped you on your journey? Ooh. I love that question. Um, do you know the, the story of how the elephant got his nose or got his trunk? <laughs> um, oh, I'll have to, to jot note that. Um, you can summarise so, it quickly for me. <laughs> basically, it's, a, it's originally it's a, it's a, it's a fable. Um, and apparently, originally, elephants used to have short noses. And then there was one little elephant who had, and this is the phrase that I... I want to take from the story he had something called insatiable curiosity mm. and he would always ask questions and eventually he asked the question of the crocodile and the crocodile grabs his nose and pulls and he ends up with a long nose um, it's a beautiful story um but um it's the phrase insatiable curiosity and i think that's me mm -hmm. i i i love I read on any and every topic. I ask questions. Um, sometimes I probably annoy people with the number of questions I ask. <laughs> um, but yeah, I genuinely just like finding out about people and about topics. And I think that open mind has been my biggest strength, maybe. Yeah. And it's your resource too, because curiosity is an excellent resource to have, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, being able to question is a, um, and wanting to question are, are really positive characteristics. It depends, obviously, how old you are. Um, if you're three, the questions are somewhat limited and they can get quite annoying. <laughs> but <laughs> as we develop, <laughs> they, they become far more interesting. But, you know, that questioning and curiosity i think mm -hmm. is actually ironically we've just been talking about 21st century skills i think it is a 21st century skill i think it's fundamentally connected to critical thinking um you know and something we should encourage in our learners the the ability to question in the right way well we have a lot i mean i think our our our, our young learners and, and teens do have a lot of questions. Um, unfortunately, they don't get all the responses that they they need and um, it does make for a bit of a worrying future, I think. Um, certainly if we, I'm not, I'll leave that to Harry, but we're talking about politics and, and the environment. There are lots of, lots and lots of unanswered questions there. But the, but the passion that the teenagers bring gives mm. me hope. It really does. Um, 
I'm, I'm in the middle of marking essays for our essay competition at work for our sec, upper secondary students, we mm. say, here in France. And the, the range of topics that they've chosen to write about and the arguments that they've presented, you know, I think actually if we let teenagers have more say in running the world, it might be a brighter future. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Um. I, I totally agree with you there, but um, I, I don't know how how we are. Um, uh, well, we we can only address it in through education and and giving them a voice. Um, I lost you there for a few seconds, Jane. Yeah, I know you. You seem to have disconnected slightly. It may just be an internet. Okay, bug sorry about that. Back. What did I miss? <laughs> Um, no, just thinking of, oh, goodness me, now I've lost my train of thought. Um, let's move on. I, I, I'll, I'm going to ask you a couple of, of very, very silly questions, if I may. <laughs> um, if you could be a character in a novel, who would you be? Oh, oh. I had to ask you this because I couldn't ask you what animal because I know that you're a panda. So I am. I am very much a panda. No. Um. Oh gosh. I don't. You see, there's part of me that wants to say Elizabeth Bennet from Pride and Prejudice <laughs> because she's kind of feisty and witty and clever and she loves to read. But I'm not actually that sure I'd like to be stuck in a society where women didn't have any freedom. So, <laughs> so you know, that puts me off. <laughs> so you'd, you'd like to take the characteristics um, and her, her, her personality and feistiness and move it into a different different century, perhaps? Yes, perhaps, perhaps. Um, although secret guilty pleasure reading is that I do love fantasy novels um, and yeah, maybe there's a character called Manoli from a series of books by a, the late great Anne McCaffrey, mm -hmm. um, and it's a universe with dragons and this this girl who can sing, which I can't because I'm tone deaf, um, and she's in this world with dragons and she goes, yeah, maybe if I'm being really indulgent, that's <laughs> that would be a great experience to be able to sing and play with dragons. <laughs> That's, that's, that leads me to my next question, which is quite appropriate, I think, at this point. Um, if you could switch lives with a famous musician, who would it be? Oh, if, if I was purely choosing someone to switch lives with on the basis of their voice, it would be Nina Simone, just because her voice is so beautiful. Mm. Um, but if I'm switching lives with someone for, you know, money, then it's going to be Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, voice, money. Okay. <laughs> We've got the priorities there. Okay. okay. What about if you could invent a another, an extra function for the human body? What would it be? Mm, flying. Yeah, I'm kind of with yeah. you on that. Yeah, if I could, that would just be such a, a cool thing to be able to do. All that and um, you know, webs, webbed feet for swimming really quickly was my other other thought. Although then I think maybe then I, I would probably evolve into sort of something like Spider Man. You know, how he he has all of those things, doesn't he? He's got web <laughs> feet, and then he can throw. Um, you know, he can spin a web and, and throw that stuff out and, and travel and fly and do do all of it, really. So maybe we should just all become Spider-Man. Have you seen the most recent Spider-Man movie, I, I haven't because my boys actually have got to that age where they don't invite me to the cinema with them anymore. So I've kind of I've lucked out on that one. And I didn't really feel like I, – I didn't really feel ready to go to the cinema. I – I wasn't sure about going, but mm. I am a huge Marvel fan, and so is one of my best friends here. And so we, we did. We went on the opening night because we knew if we didn't, we'd get spoiled online. 
<laughs> yes. I, I won't. I won't. I won't spoil it for you. No, they've actually been. It's they've amazing. been very, very good. They haven't spoiled anything. Or spoiled. 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 What do we do there? I feel like spoiled should be acceptable because it is different than spoiling. It is, somehow. isn't it? Yeah. It's more precise. I'm sure it will be in the dictionary next year. <laughs> As as we evolve and get get new new definitions, yeah. Um, no, they have they've been very very good. They haven't they haven't ruined it for me, for me yet. Well, um, when you're ready to go back, I recommend it. Definitely. Okay, so Laura, where where can we see you next? Then we will see you at um, ITFL, um at I'm online webinar. Yeah, I'm this- presenting at TESOL Spain. Um, and that's going to be very exciting because I'm presenting with somebody I consider a mentee now, um, and we're doing a joint presentation um, on some of the work we've been doing here at the British Council on 21st century skills in the classroom. Um, and this is the first time we've presented together. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's going to be quite special, I think, because um, doing it together is quite a nice experience. It adds a, a different so dynamic. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that. Is that live, online or face-to-face? Um, no, TESOL Spain is online this year. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, I would have loved the chance to go and visit, but um, it's probably a bit more practical that it's online, I think, still. Mm. Presenting together online is even even more challenging, isn't it? Yeah, I did it in November last year. Mm. You, you just have to... Have some trial runs. That's the, the key. <laughs> okay. Well, um, thank you so much for um, for talking to me today. I mean, I don't think we've covered everything there is to know about mentoring, but um, it, it is just so incredible to see all the things that you do and the connections that you make with with people. Um and you really are just a wonderful person. You're, I mean, you're, you're an online friend for me. Um, it's just wonderful seeing how um, how much you do and, and what an impact you're making. So I will definitely try and join on Saturday. That sounds really, really, really interesting. Thank you, Laura. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you to everyone who's spending their time listening. Uh, I guess my final message would be, if you can't find a mentor, maybe you should be one. That's a very interesting thought. That could be a whole new whole new conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much, Laura. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, thinking we, we've touched on the pandemic and its effects a couple of times today and next week I will actually be be talking to Roxanne Padley who is um, doing research in the UK and in Italy on the impact of COVID working online and plastic surgery. It's something that I haven't thought about but if I, um, as I've started reading, um, there is a huge impact um, on on us as as people who are are talking online and, and actually seeing our faces all the time, which is not not something we usually do when we're in the classroom. Um, but I was actually talking to a colleague about this the other day, and she said, "Think about the impact it's had on you, and then imagine what it's like for." Our learners and so I hope Roxanne will be able to give us a little bit more insight into uh, sorry I've got bad connection my camera's not working and um, she's also interviewed quite a lot of teachers and I believe learners um, about their feelings during and post pandemic so we'll be exploring that a little bit further next week So for now, um, on the 9th of January, it is Chocolate Day in India, Pizza, Bagel and Lox Day in the United States. And somewhere in the world, I couldn't actually locate it, is actually Read in the Bathtub Day. 
whatever day it is. I hope you enjoy it and thank you very much for listening. Yeah, Laura said chocolate day. I tend to agree with you, Laura. That or read in the bath day. <laughs> Have a lovely day, everybody. And remember to listen out for Harry for the drive home later on this afternoon. See you next week. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.